Lifting Up with Jamie Crick. Hello, this is the show that gives you VIP, privileged access to the world of theatre. So let's slip past the doorman at the stage door and join backstage as we bring you this Theatre Week with Kerry Ellis. Hello, hello. And we have a very, very special guest with us today. It's the gorgeous Lucy Jones. Oh, that's Lucy. nice. Hi, hello. Now, Les Miserables, if I had a pound for every time, we recently mentioned that on Acting Up, I'd be rich. Talking of which, rich, Johnny Bunyan donned his kilt this week, flew the private jet to Edinburgh to see it. Indeed, I'll be talking to the fabulous Tommy and Eddie, cohorts of mine at the Edinburgh Festival Theatre, to hear all about the show. Plus, I've got to catch up with the rather delightful young Cosette. That and one of your Andram disasters. Plus, we'll talk to the staff at Joe Allen's just to get the inside track and the gossip on what they've been up to and are planning. Well, what a week. Hello, hello. Hello. Hi. It's what? been a real busy week, hasn't it? It's, it has. There's so many shows opening, and yeah. I've actually been to a few openings. You've actually been, like, you know, going from pub to pub, going from opening to opening, <laughs> haven't you? It's well, like it's, on a crawl. It's almost like a night out for me, so if I am off and I do get the opportunity to go and see something, you know, I go and I drag my husband with me. And uh, It's also it's nice to dress fun. up, isn't it? Carrie Ellis loves to dress up, I feel. No? I do, I do, but, you know, going to an opening night, I always have to make that decision. Am I going to wear heels or am I going to oh, yeah. wear... And yeah. what, was, what was this week's decision? Well, I did one and one. Lovely. Did <laughs> Not you? at the same time. Well, I was going to say, you, one, you, you, one, one on, one, one off. <laughs> you've struggled with, with the heels before at these openings, haven't you? Yeah, I'm absolutely yeah, right. But yeah. you love a good dress up. I do, I do yeah, absolutely. Yeah, actually, a very plain important. shirt this week. What I do you am. Think? I'm a little bit, I'm a bit, I'm a bit plain yeah. today. Yeah. It's grey. Plain Jane. It's all a bit <laughs> plain Johnny. It's all a bit chairman <laughs> mouth. Lucy Jones. Hello. Hello. Hi. Sorry, I mean, that was really fun to watch. <laughs> I know. Kind of sitting back and Sit watching back. playtime. That have a great. cup of coffee. You know. <laughs> um, thanks for joining us. Thanks for uh, having me. It's great to have you here because you're doing tons of stuff at the moment. Yeah, it's a busy time. I, I really tried to. I finished Legally Blonde in July of last year on the road, and I wanted slash needed to take some time off. And it turned into a great time off. I did lots of traveling and eating and drinking and things. And then all of a sudden, everything has happened. And I'm very, very busy again, which is nice. At least I'm well rested and well fed. How long were you actually doing Legally Blonde for? Because you, you, you were quite committed for quite a long time. Yeah, it, I, well, I did it, first of all, in Leicester at The Curve with oh, Nikolai. I love uh, The A couple curve. of years before. Yeah, it's great there. Really great place to work. And I loved the show so much. Who did you see in it before you took over? I, uh, well, when I saw it, I saw the original cast in oh. London. So I saw Sheridan and everyone. Oh, she was magnificent. I just thought she was brilliant. She was so, so good. And I mean, haters going to hate. There's a lot of chat about how her voice isn't strong enough and all these things. But mm. I thought she was brilliant. Yeah, I, I did. really did. So, yeah, I saw the original cast. I, I think I saw the show six times when it was in wow. London initially. Yeah. I'm, and this I'm, is before you knew you were going to do it. I guess. Oh, years before. Yeah. yeah. L for me has always been a dream role. And so I saw it lots and lots of times. And I never even imagined that I would have the opportunity to audition for it. And I went into audition in Curve. And I was called in for Paulette, which I thought was strange because I think I was 23. Not a buxom girl or anything, not a playing older kind of girl. And I went into the room and I just kind of went, can I sing for Al? And they all went, yeah, sure. And started like shuffling papers and finding material and things. And then I got the job the next day and I loved it. Absolutely loved it. It just proves if you ask, you get. Yes. That's true. Yeah, Yeah, definitely. Mm. That's amazing. That's such a good story. Yeah, it's cool, isn't it? Because auditions can be so horrific and so nerve-wracking and the fact that you went in with such confidence and went... 
can I do this? Can I give that a try? That's unbelievable. And then the proof is in the pudding. Oh, kind of. The proof is in the pudding. <laughs> Can't speak. Um, that you then got the role. That's awesome. Yeah, thank you. I mean, it was definitely a question as opposed to I'm going to sing for L today. Yeah, yeah. It was like, a, do, do you mind if I can That's I try awesome. this? But yeah. in that situation, obviously, you must have presumably prepared to sing for Paulette. So when you went, I'm going to sing for L. Did you already have a bit of a L up your sleeve anyway, or because how does that work oh, in I, that instance? I knew the whole show. There you so. go. Yeah. Did you get a cappella? Six, six times. No, indeed, but still, yeah. but just to, to, to get up there and do it, it's got some, got some balls. Yeah, no, I, I mean, I was, I was ready for them to say no entirely. So I was, I was ready to give you a good bash of Ireland, but uh, didn't have to do it. So you got into the show, you got the role, and then how long did you do the tour for? That was a separate version. That was a curved production of Legally Blonde. Yeah. So I did that uh, with John Robbins and Tupele and Ian Kelsey and some wonderful people. For We only did about six or seven weeks run. It was a short run. Then the show finished, it broke my heart. I went home and I did one of those dramatic things where I got home and had nothing to do and I was so depressed that I ripped up the deck in the garden. And I, I was just like, I need a, I need a project. So I ripped you, up the deck. Do you want to get on the wrong side of Lucy? No. Do you? I'm slowly moving away. You must have some strong arms, Well, honestly. you say this, but I, I mean, I should have said I started to rip up the deck, got bored about 45 minutes later and left it for about three months. And then my husband was like, you, you have to finish this. You must finish this and then I got another job and went off um I did rent for a while and then when I was doing rent legally blonde the tour which was a different production came forward and they kind of said would you like to audition and I jumped at the chance because I loved it so much it was entirely different the whole experience was entirely different but the thing that I take away from it was I still love that role and I would do it again in a heartbeat and that tour was just under a year long wow that's quite that's a long time isn't it to tour around the country mm. yeah it's a it's a very demanding role as well you don't leave the stage it's hard work and touring and singing a show like that because Almost your day off is travelling and moving digs and moving, um, you know, your life around the country. How did you cope keeping your voice and health-wise? How did you cope? Well, week by week, it was a kind of different situation. Because oh, some weeks you'd be in great places, a wonderful theatre with well-equipped and airy and yeah. clean, uh, and you'd be in a nice apartment somewhere, and then the following week you'd be in a really, really old venue that doesn't quite fit the show, so you're having to work harder in aspects of kind of blocking and things like that. And then it's dirty and you're inhaling loads of dust and decrepit things from the air. And So it did vary quite a lot that I'm quite good at... um, saying no if I get to the end of a show and everyone's going out and doing something I, I don't get FOMO at all oh, that's so I'm, really good yeah I'm very happy to go home <laughs> read a good book or watch a bit of Netflix yeah. you know drink a, a whole ton of water and get some sleep because really. there is that there is that thing isn't there on tour about the fact that there's a camaraderie of not just the cast but actually the band the, the crew everybody gets really familiar with each other and loves going for a drink after so that must be tricky to balance out okay should I go to the pub tonight or should I should I rest especially as, as a lead yeah and in a show like that it's a lot else a big a thing. huge role it's not mm. only that you just run around the whole time she's yeah, so physically. energetic mm-hmm. and I'm not that way in class. I'm very <laughs> much like I just sat in this chair and almost laid down because it's comfortable <laughs> and it's just my nature mm. so when I you kind of switch into a character like that. I can do it. I, I could do it for you right now. I can go straight into her and, oh, my God, she's so excited. <laughs> and oh she just God. runs and she goes like that. It's a sprinted marathon, that show. I think there's there are roles out there that are kind of, you know, similar. And I occasionally I'll meet someone and 
we'll talk about things and they'll go, oh my God, yeah, you've had the exact same experience yeah. as me on it's, this or it's, that. It's or... interesting because, I mean, it's the same for you, Kerry. <laughs> if you're doing, what, eight shows a week and what, and you've got an energetic role, it, it must be exhausting. You, know, you get to Sunday... People say, why, why isn't theatre open on a Sunday? There's a very good reason for that, really. <laughs> and I, my favourite is when people go, you, you don't work until the evening. You've got oh, a great... Yeah. I'm like... <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> really good, good that. one. Try again. No, I'm, I wake up at, like, nine in the morning and start drinking water and, you know, silence for five or six hours, but you have to get up and you have to get out because otherwise you can't get your energy up in time for the show and you need to go and work out because you can't get fat you could fit costumes and it's a lot it's a full immersive kind of what happens if your mum rings though if you're being silent oh she she doesn't ring me she knows not to <laughs> my mum and I um, we do a lot of texting and she goes okay Lucy now I'm going to tell you something and I know you can't speak so just nod or sh-. and I'm like oh, okay man, good, very good. Um, but FaceTime is a, is a godsend but when you're on tour it is particularly difficult difficult with those things because you know keeping yourself fit and yeah. healthy because you are in a different place every week mm. not just for the and theater it's the but food and all the mm. things yeah, that you need of course you need to, you need to get into a routine and if you like myself if you cook and look after your food intake in that way it's tough because you have to tour your kitchen with you basically you have to bring your utensils and your seasonings yeah. and even down to those little things i'm stressing myself out thinking about it to be honest guys <laughs> <laughs> so what about the workshop you're doing now yeah, it's, it's just a week long, um, a new musical. We are just at, up at the King's Head. It's fun, actually. It's nice, uh, big, poppy, belty sing, so I'm enjoying myself. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You've really crossed the board with theatre, and obviously you did X Factor, you've done Eurovision, you've performed as yourself and as lots of characters. When you were growing up, did you kind of have a childhood dream to be on Broadway or be in the West End or be a pop singer or whatever it was because you've done everything (laughs) did you have a specific dream or how is it for you it's a question I get asked quite a lot to be honest and I always just go yeah yeah (laughs) all of them all of them I used to I definitely loved theatre and I did Amdram from the age of I think like eight or something my first show was Annie classic um, and I did all the Bugsy Malones and all those things but I never had I never played the lead I was quite tall and bolshy and I wasn't like, you know, the cute, popular, amazing singer kind of, there was a couple of those ones about in the Amdram groups that I was in. So I never had a lead and I wanted to go to musical theatre school and I went, I auditioned everywhere and I didn't get in anywhere wow. the year that I auditioned for X Factor. So they always kind of went hand in hand for me, like the music world and the musical theatre world. Why did you, why X Factor? What made you think, was it that I want to be a star thing or... No, um, I liked X Factor. I was a fan of X Factor. It wasn't a, the... So you think, I want to be on that? Yeah. You know? I don't think I even thought about, you know, if you win, you become a pop star because it's not quite necessarily but the case. But even if you don't win, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah exactly. I, I definitely wanted the opportunity as, that year particularly because one, musical theatre college is very expensive yeah. and my parents were happy to remortgage their home to wow. send me, wow. which now I understand. At the time, I was like, <laughs> make it happen. But um, but yeah, no, as time went on and now I have mortgage, I'm like, oh my God, thank mm. you so much. Thank God I didn't get in anywhere. <laughs> and that, so that year it was like, what am I going to do? I've put all of my eggs in this wanting to go to a musical theatre college basket and it hasn't worked out. I have my A-levels and everything, but it, I it need to wait a year if I'm going to go to a university or anything. So I went to X Factor as a kind of, well, you know, give it a go. And yeah, 
Here Probably the best way though, because you 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 don't have as much pressure on yourself, so you can just go through the through the process with, you know, I'm just going to see how this goes, and and not have that pressure of I need this, you yeah, know, I need this to succeed. Yeah. Do you enjoy one more than the other, or do you get different things from being on stage in a in a cast or being on stage as yourself? It's a joy to be in a cast and to share a creative process and be in, especially. I love leading a company, not mm. just on stage, but off stage as well. I really love that role. Mm. And it's something that I've kind of, throughout my like sixth form years and stuff, I, I really started to realise, oh, I'm not just bossy because I'm bossy. It's a, it can be a good thing. And, and, you know, like being supportive of people around me. And mm. I love it when things go wrong in shows on stage. So <laughs> oh, I, I, I like, see. I love that. <laughs> you know I've got this so is many stories. Oh, tell us one. Oh, yeah, yeah, so yeah. Favourite story? Um... Oh, so many, so many. Um, okay, when I did Legally Blonde, the op- the very, very first show of the tour, we were in Bromley, and there's no... The Churchill, isn't yes, it? Yes, the <laughs> Churchill Theatre, yeah. There's no... With, with our show, because we filled space, there was no behind-the-stage crossover, so you had to go down two flights of stairs, <laughs> run underneath oh, the stage and yeah. back up two flights, which, thank God, I never had the time to do. And we did a dress rehearsal. <laughs> we did a dress rehearsal in the afternoon and I did gotta find my way went off stage left put my graduation cap and gown on and went back on stage at the back to do my ladies and gentlemen of the class of 2000 and here's the part where the end of show and they stopped and they said we're going to change that we want you to go off stage right because you followed Warner off and it doesn't make any sense I was like great fine okay the whole show is like run by and I'm so like excited and nervous and I get to that point and I'm like oh my god I can't believe I've remembered this I'm great I am so good right now <laughs> I, I go off stage right and there is not a soul in the wing nobody like no one there's no costumes there's nothing in the meantime I'm like ripping my clothes off because I've got like 13 seconds or something to get changed so no crew no, no, no nobody no and now you're not in your soul. underwear. No I'm literally on. in like Spanx <laughs> tights, a bra, and a wig. Like, I'm not joking. <laughs> oh yeah, always, always the class, class, class for me. But yeah, so I'm like, okay, I have to get to the other side because either I've got this wrong. Turned out I had. They wanted to do it tomorrow. Okay, <gasps> tomorrow was the day we were starting. I don't know why. So what happened? Well, this is what happened, so Kerry. You got two flights of stairs to get down. Either that, or, or run across. I the just back. run across, across the back the of the stage in, in your Spanx tights and. Uh... Well, at this moment, <laughs> Vivian is at the front of the stage giving you Shakespeare once wrote and like starting the valedictorian speech. And I was like, she's in a spotlight in front of the curtain. I can get across that stage quickly. (laughs) So I go to the back of the stage where there's a podium kind of level. And I ran halfway across... God, can't believe I'm telling you this. I ran halfway across (laughs) the stage and heard kind of five or six of the cast who were all set on stage already to do the next bit of scene burst into tears like it wasn't laughter it was it was like it was sobs. howling it was sobbing. awful it was... Um, and I kind of glanced and then realised that there was like a thousand people looking at me <laughs> and like thank god it was dark it was dark but it was the opening it. night, so I had lots of friends and family. I my agent that. was there. Did, did no one notice? Oh, God, absolutely. I did, though. You managed to get your costume back I on, got though. my costume did on, I? and I got on stage. But when I got on stage, <laughs> they were all, I'm not joking, in floods of tears. Yeah. Like, like shaking. And, and then Aww. I had to do 
a really tender, lovely. I thank you, one and all, the oh. ones who thought I'd fall, who taught me how to fail. It's really lovely, yeah. like yeah. rousing <laughs> moment, end of the and show. All you can see in your and head I'm like looking is, at the sky. I just sky. walked across the back of the stage, and in they're all head. crying, laughing at me. No sport, nothing. I was like, oh god, I thank you, one and all. And they're going, like, oh, I love it was that. Awful. Oh, brilliant. So there's one. I could honestly, I could go on all day. We love a moment like that. Oh, absolutely. So, um. What are you doing at the moment? What's coming up for you? You've obviously doing a workshop at the moment and you said you're performing or you've just recorded with Jono and Jones? Yeah, gosh, a while ago now, but it just came out. We've recorded a version of The Prayer. Oh, um, It is genuinely a little bit of a pinch me moment because John for me is like, well, he's Welsh and he's Incredible. brilliantly talented. He and Very I, funny. Yeah, he's a great <laughs> guy. And I've kind of come into contact with him at a few concerts and things like that so we knew each other and when he asked me to do that I genuinely cried so I was like this is this amazing that's such a like mm. honour it really is an honour uh, so I went into the studio and recorded it with him and I was like shaking like a leaf and when I got there he wasn't there thank <laughs> god so I got to get like most of my bit out of the way before he got Aww. there which was nice and mm. then we were in the studio recording the end of it together and I filmed it and sent it to my dad and my dad was like no I'm crying <laughs> so nice Aww. yeah it's very cute um but yeah, so that for me is a definite highlight of my career. Brilliant. And he's he's a well, he's like I say, a bit of a god. <laughs> Don't tell him that. Have Don't you, ever tell have him you that. done the national anthem yet at um, <laughs> the Millennium Stadium? I've. Did you know what? I've done God Save the Queen at Wembley. But you've not done... And I've never done... Cause I, no, I mentioned this because talking of Wales, it's, mm. of course, a big game uh, this week here, Millennium Stadium, England beating Wales. Uh, oh, I'm it? sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to retake that line. Yes, of course. Yeah, OK, let's redo that one. Um, Lisa, will you stay with us? Yes, absolutely. Uh, for, for the rest of the show, because there are plenty more to talk about. Can I just say, the first time we've ever had a sports reference on this show. <laughs> yeah, we are. Yes! I'm genuinely shocked. Yeah. My parents will be proud. That is amazing. Thank I mean, you very much. What indeed. a first. Um, so let's talk about uh, the casting <laughs> director because um, there's been a call for the Olivia Awards to have a casting director award and uh, people like Russell Tovey and Richard E. Grant, uh, Natalie Dormer and Gemma uh, Aston are, are talking about this. They are um, and actually it's a really interesting concept because actually casting directors, as I'm sure Karen and Lucy can attest to, play a fundamental role in the theatre industry and there is no award for them at the Olivia Awards uh, or the BAFTAs or the Oscars so they're kind of basically calling out and saying they should be. And um, ladies, what do you think? Because it's an interesting idea. I mean, ultimately, they are a creative driving force behind productions, just like choreographers, directors, etc. They are. What do you think? I think it's a great idea, and I think again, it's it's almost one of those unsung heroes that people don't necessarily they know realize about. They're there. They're... And casting directors can be so influential. Initially, they are putting actors and directors in the same room together, which is which is half the battle. You know, you, you need to get seen, you need to get an audition. And also casting directors can fight your corner. If they know you, they can speak about what they've seen you in. They do the rounds. They go and see shows. They go and see people. They know who's around. And they can give uh, the directors or the musical directors information about what you've been doing. And I think they're would, really important. Would you go as far to say that a casting director can sort of make a show? Yeah, I think so, yeah. yeah. Because they definitely get the right people or they have the opportunity to get the right people seen and mm. in the room, and they are influential. And it's got to be about the alchemy, hasn't it, Lucy, and the fact that actually it's not just necessarily one individual, but actually the whole multitude, because we've also got to remember about the fact that the ensemble play a massive role, especially in understudies and first covers and stuff, and all that has to be considered, doesn't it? Entirely, yeah, it's a puzzle, and 
there are moments where you think of, we were just talking before we started recording this, about uh, covers who step up and play a role, uh, understudies. The first one that pops into my head is whoever decided to cast Tasha Barnes in Funny Girl mm. did a wonderful, wonderful thing and has created a star. Of course. So you have to consider those things and casting directors entirely are at the root yeah. of that. Well, we're, we're, what, eight weeks away, I think, from the Olivia's, so... Yeah. Is that how long um, it is? Yeah, <gasps> I don't think there'll be one this year, but certainly there'll be a call for it. So it'll be interesting to see if it comes. Other news this week, um, of course, um, it was the Brits uh, the other night, and Hugh Jackman. Yeah, I mean, what an epic man I opened the show with he a great show. He's just lovely, isn't he? And him. also brilliant. But and he's great live. Like, that's the one thing that people always forget, I think, when you obviously see him in things like um, Les Mis and, and Greatest Showman. But actually, he is. I mean, pardon the pun, he is a showman. I mean, seeing him live. He also incredible. comes from theatre. You know, people might not remember, yeah. but he was here doing Oklahoma all those years ago. I was about to mention Oklahoma. He comes yeah. from, from theatre. So it's it's amazing that he had or has this amazing film career, but he's now embracing musicals and, and what he's done for our industry, bringing things like The Greatest Showman forward. And it's given people a new lease of life for musicals. And I think I love him. I think he's brilliant. I also have a good story about him. Oh, right. Hello. When Where I was doing The Lim, Miserable film. Oh, <laughs> clang, just, clang, uh, clang. Bang. <laughs> Which is very funny because I'm in it for like seconds. However, you're in it though. I am in it. Very small. He would walk around the set. He, I think it was on a Friday, and he just had this big, huge wad of lottery tickets. Mm. And he used to walk around, and anybody who's involved in it, all people working on the set, all cast, all crew, I mean, everybody, and, um, catering, and he'd just be handing out Aww. these lottery what? tickets. Oh, nice. So he must have spent an absolute fortune, yeah. and he would just wander around and say hello to people. And he was dressed in his um, convict outfit, and uh, <laughs> yeah, right. kind of. <laughs> You know, it was the first time I'd seen him and I kind of was shaking. I was like, oh my goodness. And he gave me this lottery ticket and I was like, I can't even speak to you. Thank you're you. Such, you're amazing. And yeah, just a wonderful, wonderful yeah. human and being. And very tall. Very tall. Very tall, because when he was in Oklahoma, uh, it's, he's enormous compared to everyone else on the stage. Yeah, he is tall. And just a real good company guy. You were talking about leading a company mm. from the top and I think... He is an absolute icon for doing that. Well, he, he is, because Greater Showman, I mean, he was instrumental in the whole preparation of it coming together. So, yeah, I mean, mm. what That's a That's what I love, those videos that they posted on social media oh. of the rehearsals and things. Incredible. And, and I'm not sure if I'm saying her name correctly, but Kiara Settle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is yeah. That her name? The video of them doing Bearded Lady. This Is Me and Everything. And he's holding her hand. It's yeah, amazing. He seems yeah. like such a dude. I love that story. Hello and welcome to a brand new podcast for TV fans by TV fans dedicated to everything on the box that's both on and in demand. On my Sky Planner you will see things like wheeler dealers, the world's most luxurious airliners. That's a good mix. <laughs> Jeffers, what should we be keeping an eye on? We've got Cold Feet returning. The trailer looks very interesting. It's James Nesbitt and co. It's really worked this comeback for ITV. Ready for your Tuesday morning commute. Series linked with me, Emma Bullymore and Mark Jeffries. It's acting up your theatre week with Jamie Crick, Johnny Bunyan, Kerry Ellis, and our guest this week is Lucy Jones. Now, we would love you to subscribe to the podcast if you're listening right now. Indeed, all you need to do is hit the subscribe button on your podcast platform. That's a very simple procedure because once you do, 
every single week our podcast will be arriving onto your platform automatically and we'd also love it if you give us a review because the more reviews you give us the more we can point other people and, in the direction of the show and how many stars do we want well I, yeah it does have a five star option i mean mm. we're not telling you how to vote but i'm just saying there's a five star option on there that's all i'm going to say lucy how many stars would you give us Skinning <laughs> five guys five six if well, I could. Thank you, thank you for that. So now it's time to hear from somebody who has had an amateur dramatic disaster. Been on show. We've already heard from Lucy actually with a, a great story, and uh, we love you to get in touch. It's hello at actinguppod.com and tell us your story. What happened to you in a production? Uh, whether you were on stage, backstage, in the audience, selling tickets. I went to a show actually where it's a lovely man, lovely old gentleman, who uh, closed the curtains to the bar. It was in a sort of like a civic area. And as the show began, his chair collapsed and he fell through the curtains <laughs> and caused a much bigger laugh than the rest of the show, really. But there um, so um, Amanda Campbell is joining us from Missouri. Um, I should say good morning, Amanda, because we've, uh, we've got you just before 7am, haven't we? Oh, yes. Uh, welcome, fine, welcome to the show. Hi, Amanda. Hi, Amanda. Hello. Hello. Um, Hello. So you've got Johnny Kerry and Lucy Jones with us as well this week. Um, so uh, no pressure about telling your story to all of us. <laughs> um, so you, have you been into theatre for a long time? It is my second year in college training for it. Oh, wow. Okay, so what do you plan to go on and do? Have you got any ideas? The biggest dream I have is the West End. Really? You'd love to do What about Broadway? Yes. Broadway would be handy um, as well. I would like to do Broadway Closer. too, yes. Yeah, it's on the way to the West End. <laughs> yes. And, and uh, tell us your story. Tell us what happened, uh, your Amdram disaster. So we were training this summer and we were working on Commedia. So we were using masks. But during one scene, there was a restaurant scene. Basically, the whole idea was that this uh, health inspector would come. So there ends up being a rat. But the only rat that we actually had did not have a tail. So this is this, this was a, this, used... this is a dead rat, I'm presuming. Or a fake rat, a prop yeah. rat. Uh, it's a fake rat. Yeah. 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 Thank goodness. Yeah. Like when it wasn't dead. <laughs> but she used like a very thin rope and some hot glue and made a tail. Who had to bring it in completely forgot. So people were jumping up and down, pretending to catch it and everything. Because they the rat never got out there. Oh, no. Oh, no, so she actually <laughs> no. forgot to bring the rat onto the stage. <laughs> yes. Oh, no, see, now that's one of those prop disasters we, we've heard about. <laughs> no, so it's, kind of, it's, kind of, it's kind of academic. There was no tail there, really, because it didn't see anything. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, there was a tail. It was glued on. There was no tail. pay attention. It's terrific to talk to you, uh, Amanda. Thanks very much for joining us. And uh, very best of luck with that. Uh, so you've got one more year to go before we see you in the West End. Yes. Thanks Thank for listening, you. Amanda. Thanks, Thanks for Amanda. listening. Thank you. It's Acting Up, your theatre week, and uh, Johnny's Theatre Week has included flying to Edinburgh, it going has. home. Yeah, it has. I am absolutely from the uh, the Scottish capital, and it was a really lovely trip because I got to catch up with the uh, sellout tour of Les Miserables. We've been talking about it a long time, so I made my way up there caught up with Tommy and Eddie, a couple of friends, and this is our little backstage feature from the interval. So we're sipping a, a glass of Malbec, uh, which obviously is kind of needed after that. You know the show I better do, than yeah. most people. What are you making of it so far tonight? It's, it's incredible production, looks incredible, sounds incredible, amazing band, amazing set, brilliant leads, especially Javert, incredible 
We've got the understudy Valjean, who is incredible. Reminds me of a young Jeff Layton who played the role over 2,500 times right. and did UK tours. Um, he's incredible. He's a, someone to look out for, I think. I'm just saying that it's, it's definitely a rare occurrence when you get the right show, the right venue, and particularly with the right audience reaction. And every step of the way, the audience are with this production, this particular performance as well. It's, yeah. it's like you can hear a pin drop in places, yeah. but then the, the guffaw and the, the noise of the audience, uh, it's electric. It is. Um, I mean, that's the thing about Les Mis. It is, it's universal. The story's universal. Everyone can relate to every character. Everyone can relate to Valjean. Done something wrong. They've sought forgiveness. Everyone is Javert. Revenge. In a, in a way, a light way, but, you know, it rings out to everyone. And, yeah, for a lot of people, it's a give or miss. People that love the show, they hate it. But at a story, at its heart, it's universal. And in this venue, I mean, this is the, now, in the festival theatre, this is now the third venue, sorry, third piece that Cameron McIntosh has brought to the festival. First was Mary Poppins, then Miss Saigon, then Les Mis. Just right, touring productions are often known to people down in London as often second rate. <coughs> people in the regions tend to think that they don't get the best of the West End. I obviously live and work and breathe the West End. Of this, course, to me, yeah. is high and above most things you see in the West End. So, well, it's Cameron McIntosh. He doesn't do things by half. Doesn't. It doesn't indeed. Most shows I've seen in the last sort of five, six years especially, I mean, going back to the glory days, I call them, shows would leave London and go to Manchester and Edinburgh because that's the only venues that could host them. But now, more and more shows are smaller in size. They're bringing the stage. It's tiny. But this is full go. Let's bring in Eddie who, sorry, if I could just, just ask you a quick question. You know the show, but... What is it like to see it in this kind of new design production? Yes, it's really quite um, fantastic in terms of both the, the impact that it has musically and visually as well. I think what they've done is they've just taken that extra step forward to create some uh, a unique atmosphere within the show. They really have. The projections, the yep. design... But yet it still retains a lot of its originality. Yes. And I think that's the thing. It still uh-huh. pays tribute to the original. It yep. has a new new take on, on it. Yes. So far, how, ma- how many times have we shed a tear through the first act? <laughs> it, I've, I've definitely shed a few myself so far. As soon as the bishop came in and <laughs> offered him the candlesticks, yeah. that was me. Right. So what was the show like, though? Because um, obviously you've been talking about it there. We've all talked about Les Miserables and the tour and the, the concert show and, and what's, ha- what's happening to the Revolve. <laughs> Exactly. There's no new direction. Yeah, new direction. <laughs> I mean, there's not a lot about that you, show. You almost sang it there, Revolve. The Revolve. No, no, it's great. Um, oh, do you no. know what? I honestly, um, you could probably hear my voice. I was a little bit emotional in in the interval because it really is probably the best, one of the top five theatrical experiences that I've ever had really? in my life. I just honestly, there's something about and uh, the idea of the a full sold out theater with an incredible band and make everyone on stage is, is on, on point and it just works and i have to say the west end is going to be so much better for this production coming in it is it just gives it color Aww. it gives it vibrancy and it honestly i absolutely i mean i, I shed more than one tear and that you night. saw it well, in such I, a beautiful place know, as well it is beautiful. i always theater. i always i always weep during them as well it's mm. terrible it's like, you'll weep more it's, it's the old ladies next to me handing me tissues <laughs> 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 sorry about this and you know you've been a bit barricadist there 
obviously, because uh, <laughs> you're, you're saying the West End will benefit from this show. I just feel sorry for the barricade. I mean, well, the, the barricade thing. is very much there. The barricade has, hasn't changed. The barricade is big and bold and bright. Yeah, but I mean, it's not moving around. It's not revolving. Doing all That's the fun very thing, true. You know, no, so. it isn't. And uh, how I do mean, they do that then? Or can you well, tell? Us? Well, there's actually probably, I'd say, arguably more automation in this show than there is in the West End. And actually, over the course of the show, the barricade appears in a really clever way. There's um, some great actual physical sets that come on in terms of the house and and when we're down by the docks and so and there's a beautiful projections of um, some gorgeous paintings from France so visually wow. it is really really captivating and also I think what's really really interesting about it is the fact that it is taking and this is what where the controversy of course has been talking about it is it kind of is a lot of the original best bits in terms of the beautiful design elements that you can still feel they've kind of taken but actually added on nuance changed different orchestrations different ways in which some mm. of the performances the orchestrations sing. have changed yeah they have not yeah, not, to, not dramatically but it's subtle yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, and the orchestra I just, honestly I cannot tell you how much there are 14 piece bands but my god they sound like 65 oh, they were just interesting. Score, though, interesting yeah wow and I just think the barricade should either be chopped up and everyone who's been in it gets a bit you know, <laughs> a bit on your mantelpiece oh. you know, oh, at oh, home carry you know some, actually or, or some somebody could buy it and put it in the in the garden and some you know, of those people. bits on the barricade were my favourite parts because mm. pretty much the entire company are, are you know on the barricade at some point and it's it's magical. I just mm. I love it. I actually found out a little bit of gossip actually, which not many people know because Kerry of course played Fontaine in the West End and the original Fontaine was Patti Lapone. Now I didn't realise I didn't realise this, <laughs> but. Obviously, when Fontaine has a, she has a first fifteen minutes of the show, then she pops her clogs. She's not back till the end. However, Patty Lapone said to the producers, oh, "I'm bored, sat in my dressing room for two hours, yep. cannot mm-hmm. come on and do something." This is and a actually, true story. she does come on in total different clothes, different costume, um, and she comes on to bits of the barricade. She comes on as an ensemble member, as and an that action. is that does happen not just to her, but a number of different of the really? principals yeah. who are either not on it till later or start on and then don't come on to the end. They pop up, and and you must have had to do as well, do. I'm guessing. And, and it's because it's, it is because of Patty the Pony. Mm. And now the Fontaine track does come back as an urchin boy, mm. which is interesting when you are a tall or voluptuous woman and you come on dressed as a little urchin. It's very funny. Mm. However, we're you know. You are hidden in the barricade, and it's. Mm. It must be so fun for you to do as well, because obviously. It's a long time, otherwise to wait, but also just to be part of the ensemble moment it's must be lovely. lovely. It's a re- it, I used to really enjoy it because, again, you, it's just feeling like you're still part of the show and, and you don't just go and sit in your dressing room for two hours, you know, while the rest of the show happens. It, it, I loved it. It was one of my favourite moments. Well, that's yeah. almost it for this week's Les Miserables moment on acting. <laughs> we um, love Les Miserables. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Except... From Fontaine to Cosette, because as we all know, um, there's two Cosettes in the show. One is a little girl and one's the older actress. And on a touring production, this happens in most big, big shows, the children that are involved in the show, so in this case, Cosette, Little Eponine and Gavroche, are all cast locally. And so as I was leaving the theatre, I couldn't believe it because, first of all, in the bows, there was Cosette doing a bow. And I've never seen, normally, but she's too young, she's got to be in bed mm-hmm. by that time. She could bow, a huge round of applause. And then her whole family were waiting for her in the foyer and I saw them, I thought, goodness me, I couldn't resist but just go and tap on the shoulder because she was fantastic. And uh, here's what uh, little Cosette had to say. What's your name? Heidi. Heidi. Now, how did you get involved in this? Um. How did you get involved, Mum? Uh, By the way, you play Cosette in, in Les Mis. You saw it advertised, didn't you, to, to, advertise, to yeah. audition. And what's, Heidi, what's your favourite part of being in, in Les Mis? What did you enjoy the most about, about doing it? All of it. 
All of it? Yeah. Really? Yeah. The thing that would scare me the most, doing what you did, was standing on stage in, in complete pitch black. It's very... Because you have to stand there, like, you have to stand in the dark for a long time, don't you? Before you you start singing. Did that scare you, being in the dark? No. She says no, she's just nodding. <laughs> um, Mum and Dad, quickly, I mean... Is it a bit surreal seeing you? How old? How old is Heidi? Eight. Is it a bit surreal seeing an eight-year-old right in the centre of a, a sold-out theatre? Yes. It's a bit scary. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> but but yeah, how incredible! Like I mean, yeah. she stole the hearts of everybody in the theatre. <laughs> pretty amazing. Yeah, pretty amazing, wasn't it, Heidi? Yeah. yeah. Enjoy it. Yeah. yeah. So do you think this is what she now wants to do now forever and ever? Oh, yes. ever? <laughs> She's asking what our yeah. next audition is now. Right. Done. <laughs> we have a Bye. <laughs> well, lovely to meet you. Thank you very much indeed. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you, Heidi. Tony Bunyan there at the touring production of Les Miserables and um, the people's vote later on is going to be about that show so we'll be talking to people who came out from the touring production and finding out what they thought about the show which is uh, certainly I think almost sold out around mm. the UK have a check and see if you can get a ticket when it's coming near you time to head down to Joe Allen's like a cup of coffee it's great isn't it I mean, you love a bit of Joe Allen's on, in your week, Carrie. Love there. Joe Allen's. I'm, you know, I haven't been there for so, so long. So I'm, I'm, surely I need a dinner down there. Oh, it's happening. We need a, oh, a company outing. Well, that's a tease, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, it's a tease. Lucy, what about you? You, uh, Joe Allen's. I when I did Limmy's, I used to go to Joe Allen's every single week because I was like twelve and really excited about mm. everything. Yeah. And I thought that that was where you were supposed to go. So I, we well, it is it's classic. All yeah, the classic. Time. Yeah. It's still a classic, and they are trying to um, change it in some way. Although keeping Joe Allen's as it was in the old building, they've got into a space where there's some apparently more room to create some kind of performance space. And I spoke to Cassie and Josephine about it when we caught up the other day. This Josephine with her wish list. We are going to be um, opening. Yes, exactly. We 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 are going to be opening a bar probably at some point next year. And Josephine and I are dreaming of having the back room as a kind of cabaret space. But we still have to battle with the powers that be. So it's a we're battling. We're We're battling. We're battling warily. So the more we can get, more people we can get to come support all these wonderful ideas and productions that we do, the more you'll help us. So if you really want a cabaret bar near Joe Allen's, you need to come in a lot and support us please that, that's exactly the thinking mm. behind the performance brunches it mm. will show how amazing they can be and how much mm-hmm. the clientele love it and then we can segue so neatly yes. to our new space yes and what, what about the your own cast here because you get a lot of people who are in shows who work here as well doing their own thing not really. That's one of those kind of urban myths. We do have a couple of uh, actors who are here who are fabulous who have made noises and I said they got to go and sing to Josephine and AJ so that'll be on them. So you never know but we don't have a huge... This isn't quite the Starlight Diner. No, no. Yet. Uh, and- Yet, yet, maybe, yet. <coughs> I'm not sure what the powers would be. We'd think about leaping on the table. No, and no, exactly. Song, yes, exactly. But we you can never hope. know. We can hope. We can work towards it. You always want a cabaret it. bar. This could yes, be, you know. Yes, there was. We did. Singing thing. waiters and waitresses. Well, I do think the cabaret bar is really important because, you know, I, don't, I think there's room for it in London. There are not a huge amount of cabaret venues. Everybody does very well, and I think we would do very well. Yeah. Mm. Right. And it's, I oh. suppose it, it's being next to here, if it mm. is next to here, it's sort of... It's got a natural audience in, yeah. in, in the I'm first place. I'm led to believe you can. You will also be able to have a burger as you watch. <laughs> yeah, share probably, the kitchen. Yeah. So you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not it's that I'm speaking ahead of time. Not too no, much not planning all, going into not this at the moment. At all, no. But yes, yes, it should be very exciting. And, and we're just heading into spring now. Mm. I mean, the weather has actually warmed up just a tiny bit. I know bit. it's possibly <laughs> balmy today. So, so what happens for the restaurant now? Is this? Do you do 
you start thinking about Easter? Do yeah. you start thinking about... Well, Easter's late this year, isn't it? And, and then as we start to get into the spring, we've got to get through all this Brexit nonsense, haven't you? So come and drown your sorrows with us. I yes, think we should absolutely. do a Brexit burger. <laughs> that, that's the way forward. And that you eat it and feel happier about the situation. <laughs> This is Acting Up, your Theatre Week, with Jamie, Johnny, Kerry and Lucy as our guest today. Uh, don't forget, you can subscribe. Uh, just uh, simply hit the thingy what's it. Just on the subscribe, subscribe button. button. Yeah, yeah. 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 I love and the thingy what's it. And give us five stars, because otherwise Kerry gets upset. She'll, she'll come round to she'll your house. Drop. She'll, she'll kick off. We would, we would love to do that. And a nice review, please. That would be lovely. And anything else you want, you know, just send us a quick email. Tell us how your theatre week's been going as well. Talking of people's theatre week. Absolutely. Well, I was, as we all know, up in Edinburgh over the weekend to see Les Miserables in the Festival Theatre and I couldn't help but wait outside the theatre patiently to speak to the fabulous audience to find out exactly what they thought. I thought it was amazing. I thought it was really good. The set and the lighting actually was what did it for me, to be honest. Is this the first time you've seen this production in Edinburgh? Well, yeah. Yeah, this is the first time I've seen it and uh, it was amazing. Brilliant. Amazing, emotional. <laughs> why, did, why did you buy a ticket? Because we've seen the film, we've seen the film, and we just wanted to come and see the musical. And what did you make of it? It was amazing, mm. amazing. absolutely amazing. Well, what was what was your kind of your favourite bit? Do you think the best? We've, we've seen a few of them. That was the best ever. The whole production, the cast, the stage, the music. Yeah, really, really good. Really enjoyed it. Have you seen Have you seen Lamers before? No. I've seen the movie, not the, the not the stage show. Because it's really easy to compare it to the film, but you didn't. Like you didn't compare it. It was really, really good. Really enjoyed it. And how emotional did you find it? Because because it is it is a very emotional show in a live environment. It gives off that emotion. Did it kind of do something to you? Like it yeah, does especially the wee ones. They were <laughs> unbelievable. They were and, so, and so Epine's death as well was, yeah. uh, was very moving. I'm standing ovation at the end. Yeah. I mean, I've been to many different shows, but actually there's something quite incredible about it. Because you're usually standing ovation takes a bit of time. Some people do it and then some people yeah. do it. But that yeah. was kind of instant for the whole world. Yeah. Oh, no, it's, it's an iconic show and, you know, uh, they, did it, they did it a lot of justice. And yeah. they, they deserved their standing ovation. They were excellent. Yeah. It was really, really good. Why did you like it, madam? Um, I liked the effects. I just thought it was amazing. I thought the cast were great. And have you seen it before? No. What made you book a ticket? Um, it was for my son's Christmas present, and he enjoys the show, so, yeah. The views of the audience coming out of Les Miserables, the touring show in Edinburgh, and the tour continues around the UK. Well, it's almost the end of uh, acting up. Uh, thank you very much to Johnny and Kerry. Thank you. Thank you very much. And our guest, Lucy. Thank yeah. you, thanks for having me. I've had lots of fun. Will yeah. you be watching the rugby at the weekend? <laughs> oh, come on, of course. Yeah, I mean, my... I will, but people look at me and go, you watch the rugby? I don't mm. know what it's about me, but there we are. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. I'm, I'm going to be going to a game in a couple of weeks as well. I can't go this weekend, Fabulous. but I usually go. I'm a big fan. Marvellous, yeah. It's always so such fun. And the Welsh National Anthem is the best. Oh, it's phenomenal. It's just so it's lovely. So you should rousing. definitely sing it sometime. I know. Yeah. I Well, I've done it at lots of events, and I've done it at the football but I've never done it for the rugby at the Millennium Stadium. They tend to have male voice choirs, but yeah. maybe they should They should have you, that. definitely. Johnny, yeah. could you get the Welsh Rugby Union on the phone? Double do. And Kerry, you're on, uh, still touring around with Calabra? I'm still touring with Calabra, but I'm actually up to Scotland myself um, tomorrow, and um, I'm playing at the Glasgow Concert Hall uh, with a beautiful orchestra. Beautiful venue. It's just a musical night, and I'm, I'm super excited. And this, yes, I then join Calabra again, I 
think on Sunday, I believe. Marvellous. And what about your week? Do you know what? I'm having a bit of a chilled one because I went away at the weekend, so I'm chilling out. We've got a few bits and pieces to do around the house. (laughs) You know, I I love it. We've done. We've we've got a bookshelf to do. Johnny, what's the next one? Beats and sweeps as he cleans. Absolutely. It's also just worth pointing out that we love hearing from you on Acting Up. So make sure you do follow us and subscribe to our social media channels. That is Acting Up Pod on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. And Jamie, we'd love to hear just a bit about what their theatre week is. Yeah, if you've had a really great week at the theatre or you've been to see a show that means something to you, why not send us a note about it so we can include your review and um, tell us what's been happening. So it's hello at actinguppod.com. I'd love to hear from you because, uh, as uh, you were saying, Kerry, it's always lovely to hear what the people who've in the seat it is. think of the show. Because you you guys matter. We love what you have to say. And, um, yeah, send us what you think of the shows or experiences or who you've met at the stage door. Thank you very much all and have a great week. Thanks. Bye. Acting Up is a Muddy Knees Media production. For sales and advertising, please email sales at muddykneesmedia.com.